0: Pretty amazing. Uh, I was told that Lois Moore donated uh, pies for six months and they brought in 800 bucks. So, Lois Moore, I'd like you to make me a pie for nothing if you're there. <laughs> so, pretty exciting. Okay, don't forget right after this service, we have baptisms and a barbecue. And let me just, in case I forget, this back section over in here. Take your chairs outside so that we have more chairs. All right. Uh, also, let me just say I want to remind you about, and uh, you should mark your calendars on this anniversary weekend. We're going to be a church for 15 years. September 30th. We have a banquet at 6:30 here. It's going to cost some bucks. First come, first serve. And uh, we have a special speaker Jenny Smith. And uh, Lois and myself will be sharing a little bit. And then uh, Saturday afternoon, it's an all-church skate from 1.30 to 3.30. I'll be there to watch. Not skating. And then Sunday morning, our first youth pastor, Pastor Wes Dunn, will be speaking. And then second service, 11 o'clock, will be Pastor Ryan Maloof, who taught us how to do City Kids. So it's going to be a great, great weekend. Also want to remind you, starting uh, next week, uh, Community Outreach 101 with Chuck and Diana Dudry and Matthew Acree, um which is an evangelism outreach. And uh, they're gonna use donuts to go out and reach people. But next Sunday is Donut Sunday. So you're gonna wanna bring somebody. Have, if you've ever had the the Dudry's hot donuts, you wanna be here for that one, okay? So bring a friend and go and have some uh, donuts and then they'll be doing different things throughout the month of August and September. Uh, okay, we're going to be turning to uh, what I, Psalm 119, and then we're going to be going over to... Where are we going? Anyway, we're going somewhere. All right. <clears throat> but uh, we started a service, or not a service, a series, uh, a couple of weeks, four weeks ago, actually, called How Do You Know? And the first couple of weeks were on How Do You Know There's a God?, And then we started last week, how do you know the Bible is reliable? And what actually caused me to talk on the Bible was a lady I grew up with, uh, went to school with her, she grew up in church, and uh, she asked me this question, how do I know the Bible is true and reliable? What makes it more reliable compared to the books of other religions like Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, and the Book of Mormon? And I, I, I said I asked the same question when I got out of high school and I was in college. I gave her a few of my answers. Last week I told you there's seven uh, proofs uh, that the Bible is reliable. I gave you two of them. Today I'm gonna give you the last five and twenty five minutes in a moment. All right. Let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible. God's holy word, this book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all it says I can do, I can be all it says I can be, and I can have all it says I can have today. I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it for my life so I can leave here changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, the real name of this book is not Bible. It's called the Holy Bible. We said that last week. The word holy means to set apart, have a special place, not set it like a part in our house on a shelf, or on a coffee table, but set it apart in your heart and in your life because you should know what this book says and what it means. And we said last week an acronym for the word Bible is B-I-B-L-E, means basic instructions before leaving earth. So before you leave this place, you should know what the word of God says. All right, Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp to my feet, and a light to my path. And one of the reasons you should know this book is because it's very practical. It, it uh, This book can help you with your marriage, with your finances, with your parenting, uh, with your thinking, your decision making, uh, it with your work, with your friendships, and especially your attitudes, all right? So it should light up your path and show you where to take the next step. And it helps me live my life knowing which step to take, all right? Now, I told you the seven convincing proofs. I gave you two here, the first two. I'm not gonna go into detail. If you wanna know the details, you should listen to last week's message. But number one, the Bible is historically accurate, all right? And uh, I gave you three reasons why, how you know something's historically accurate. Number two, the Bible is scientifically accurate, and now today, number three, 25 minutes start now, all right? Number three, the Bible is prophetically accurate. Now, when it comes to this Bible, this is, I think, one of the most risky things God could have done uh, when it comes to this book, and that is this book makes predictions. And uh, how many have been around people who have made predictions? Uh, there's several books out on the end times, and they've been revised probably at least 110 times. So this book has never had to be revised. It's the same book, all right? So uh, all it takes is for one of those predictions to not be true and it throws the whole thing out of whack and it would mean the Bible's not true. But you need to know there are more more than 1,000 prophecies or predictions in the Bible and 300 of them are about Jesus alone. And these are not just general prophecies like Jesus will be a nice guy. He'll be be kind. He'll be somebody you like. Uh, I prophesy that. No, it's not like that at all. These prophecies were very specific and down to specific detail like he will be riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Uh, He will be born of a virgin. He will be born in Bethlehem and he will escape into Egypt, Uh, he will be raised up in Nazareth and be called a Nazarite. And those there are much more, that's just a few. There are over 300 specific prophecies. Let's clear my throat. throat, thank you. 300 specific prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament and the last one was written 400 years before Jesus was born. That would be like coming over on the Mayflower and somebody predicting what we would be doing in America today, which I think if we'd read that, we'd all be shocked and move to another. No, never mind. All right. And The one that blows me away the most is that King David prophesied in the Psalms about Jesus dying on the cross before there were crucifixions. And then Jesus fulfilled, listen to this, he fulfilled all 300 prophecies. All right, now, to help you understand that, let me show you what I mean. Dr. Peter Stoner, a professor who studies probabilities, uh, he got 100 of his cohorts together, formed a team, and they studied for years the probabilities of these prophecies being fulfilled and becoming true. And they concluded, this is on your notes, one person fulfilling eight, just eight of these 300 prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power, which equals all those zeros up there. And that those zeros, I had to look it up, uh, one with that many zeros, that's a quadrillion is what that is. Now, just so you know, a probability is if you had a bucket, uh, and you put 10 tennis balls in it, and nine were yellow and one was red, and then you blindfolded the person, shook up the, the bucket, and then told them to reach in there and pick the red ball. They would have a one in t- 10 chance of uh, picking that that uh, tennis ball. So Dr. Stoner and his team came to the conclusion that if you had just eight of those Bible prophecies concerning Jesus come true, true, you would have one in 100 quadrillion chance of that happening. So to help you kind of visualize that. If you had 100 quadrillion silver dollars, it will f- would fill the entire state of Texas two feet deep. And then take one of those silver dollars, mark it with a red X, throw it into the pile, mix it all up. Then put a blindfold on that person, put him, him or her in a helicopter, and when this blindfolded person decides, stop, you stop the helicopter, lower it down, and that person would reach down into the silver dollars, pick the red X silver dollar out, that's the chances of just eight of those being fulfilled. Now, if you don't know what that means, let me just tell you, Texas is so big to get from the west side to the east side takes 14 hours driving in a car. So, that's one big state. Now, look at the next one. The probability of one person fulfilling 16 prophecies is one in 10 to the 45th power, or I had to look this up too, quator decillion. I don't know about you, but that, you want to win the, I just want to win, win the mega million. All right. All right. The next one, one person fulfilling 48 prophecies is 1 in 10 to the 157th power that's a 1 with 157 zeros after it and I just want you to know I have no idea what that is it's it's bigger than my mind can comprehend now what I want to say is this every one of these that's just the prophecies about Jesus 300 of them and he fulfilled every one which is telling you and me no man wrote this book no man could God did. Look at these verses. Second Peter 1 verse 21. For prophecy never had its origin in, in the human will. But prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. How many know God can speak through people today? There's no other explanation for all these prophecies being spoken and coming to pass The Bible is reliable. All right, this book is amazing. Look at this verse, Matthew 26, 56. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. In other words, I want you to hear this. God has been trying to get your attention through this book your entire life. He wants you to know the the one true thing you can put your faith in is this book. And this book is not about a book, it's about a person, all right? Now, some of the prophecies of the scripture, because I told you there's over a thousand of them, uh, have not come to pass yet. And you and I should not ignore those prophecies, but take heed to them. And my hope is to give you a series, hopefully in 2023, maybe sooner, on prophecies in scripture and the end times. And... uh, so that you and I can be on the right side of of what's being spoken out there today and if you go to the last page of the book of the Bible here's what it says in Revelations 22 6 the angel said to me these words are trustworthy and true the Lord the God who inspires the prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place so this book is trustworthy, it's true, it's reliable, and we need to prepare and take heed for the prophecies that are left to be taken place and know what Jesus is talking about so we're on the right side of his word, all right. Number four, the Bible is thematically uh, unified. Now, I gave you a handout last week that tells you all sorts of trivia about the Bible, how it came to be, and that handout tells us on your notes... The Bible was written over a period of 1,600 years in over a dozen countries on three continents by 40 people in three different languages. No book like it. And the question we ask is, how did they all get the same story? See, Islam, the Quran, was written by one man named Muhammad, the Book of Mormon was written by one man named Joseph Smith, and by the way, the Book of Mormon is really fairly new; it's only a little over 100 and some years old. the uh, The, the Analects of Confucius were written by one person, and they have a grave where he was born or where he was buried. Uh, the writings of Buddhism were written by one person, and at the place of his death, he was cremated, and they spread out his ashes to five, I think. Maybe anyway, and put them in urns and send it to several uh, empires and kings throughout the world. so listen, you would expect the writings of the Koran, Buddhism, Mormonism, and other religions to be unified because they were written by one person, but the Bible it is written again over 1,600 years and over a dozen countries on three continents by 40 people in three different language. And it's all about Jesus from beginning to end. So look at this. J- Jesus said this. This is why Jesus said this in Luke 24, uh, 27. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself if you really want to get something good out of this bible look for jesus in every chapter and every verse okay the scriptures point to him and remember our theme this year is called being with jesus and if you want to be with jesus just get in his word it'll change your life all right now no, the reason number five why the bible is reliable the bible is trusted by jesus now, some of you might consider this to be my weakest argument over the last couple of weeks. But if you've given your life to Jesus and he's your personal Lord and Savior and you've, and you, you've trusted him and Jesus says he trusted the word of God, then you should too. Amen. And that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Look at this verse, Matthew 5, 18. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, nor the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Come on. Come on. That's why I challenge people uh, who say they are Christians, but what they do is they can deconstruct the Bible and they pick and choose uh, to, uh, Scripture to fulfill their, or to fill their lifestyle so they can feel better about themselves instead of obeying the word of God. There's a quote on your notes that says this. If you believe what you like in the Bible, uh, yeah, if you believe what you like in the Bible, but don't believe what you don't like, it's not the Bible that you trust, but yourself. And and you have made yourself God. And that's the bottom line. And that's a very dangerous Place to be because over the last few weeks you've learned that God's so big that he's made stars where quadrillion earths can fit into him and you're trying to advise God (laughs) all right number six the Bible has survived all attacks which brings up the question of why was it attacked in the first place why is it so aggressively being attacked even to this day why would anyone want to Remove this book. That was our first textbook in public schools. And why would they want to remove the Ten Commandments from our classrooms, our public institution and institutions, including our courthouses? Why would they want to do that? Look at this statement on your notes. The Bible is the most despised, derided, denied, disputed, dissected, debated, outlawed, and destroyed book ever. But here's what you need to know. This Bible just keeps on getting back up. This Bible just keeps beating the odds. It's like a prizefighter. If you've ever watched Rocky, he kept getting knocked down and he kept getting back up. Uh, and if you've ever watched a movie where where the bad guy keeps trying to kill the good guy and finally the bad guy just says, w- w- just, why won't you just die? That's what the devil feels about this book. But here it is, thousands of years later, and very smart people who have been highly esteemed. I mean, people who have been thought of as geniuses in this life, like the French historian philosopher Voltaire, born in 1694, wrote many books on science and letters and on religion and uh, very much against Christianity. And he, but he's famous for this quote. He said back in the early 1700s, Within 100 years, the Bible will be forgotten. The only thing that's been forgotten is that Voltaire said it. And here's something that's kind of funny. I love God's sense of humor. When Voltaire died, the French Bible Society of Geneva bought his house, stored Bibles in it, gospel tracts in it, and the printing presses on which Voltaire used to, uh, to write irreverent letters and books to discredit the Bible were net, then used 50 years later to print the Bible on. Come, on. Come on. Don't you love God's sense of humor? He's amazing. All right, look at these verses. That's why uh, this, the, the Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 24 through 25, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So no matter how man, hard uh, mankind uh, kind tries, this book's around till Jesus uh, for forever, all right? Now, Matthew 24, 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. This Bible will not go away. It will not die. It just keeps getting up. But there are some questions we all need to kind of answer today. Will I be one of those who attack, change, challenge God's word or will I live by it will I deconstruct it or will I defend it will I follow the world or will I follow the word in other words will I change the word to fit me or will I change the word change me to fit his word and I I want us to be the kind of Christians in this church that love God's word over our selfish selves And I've had people ask me, well, what if they make the Bible illegal? Then I I can tell you this, they're going to have to arrest me. They're going to put, please come visit me, bring food to me, whatever. You know what? I've learned that my thoughts and my ideas mean absolutely nothing compared to this. And I want you to be able to come here every week and know you're gonna receive from the word of God, not my ideas, not my thoughts, even my jokes are stupid, you know, they're just, they don't make sense, all right? But anyway, I'll tell you this, I want you to know what God's word says about your life every time you come. Now, before I give you the last one, let me just say this, and this last one you can actually test yourself on. But some people will come in here and give their life to Jesus like he's the mega million dollar lotto. This week, uh, someone won on Friday $1.337 billion. That means 200 million people or 300 million people didn't win anything, by the way. And out of that $1.337 billion, after federal taxes uh, and state taxes and any other taxes, they might have 380 million left, which is like my wife said to me last night, I, I could live on that. <laughs> but doesn't it buy you? They're taking 62% out. So some say, I'll buy a ticket, and, 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 but if I don't win, I'm out of here, I won't buy another lotto ticket. Yeah, you will. <laughs> but Jesus, you need to know, is not a genie and a lamp. He's the, he's the creator He knows exactly how you're wired. If you ever wanna know about anything that's manufactured, all you have to do is find out who created that and why did they create it. And then you go to the creator and say, what's the purpose? Same thing for your life and my life. If you wanna know your purpose and why you're here, go to the one who created you for such a time as this. All right? And let me just say, don't leave here today making a decision about your life on a half-hearted whim, right. Jeremiah tells us, if we seek him with all our hearts, we will find him. So the opposite of that verse would be, if you seek after God and try to find him without all your heart, you'll never find him. So some say to me, well, gee, Pastor Doug, I prayed the prayer with you at church and it just didn't work. <laughs> well, of course it didn't because you didn't put your whole heart into it. It only works when your whole heart has been put into it. So I'm telling you today, let the word of God, this living and breathing, powerful word of God, do its work in you today. All right, here's number seven. All right? The Bible has life-changing power. And if you don't believe me, ask someone who doesn't get paid to tell you that. I get paid to tell you this. So ask somebody if the Bible has life-changing power. It, it, I'm telling you, when I was just shy of five years old, I heard the word of God preached, and I knew immediately I was a sinner. So when they started talking about sin, I, they mentioned something about, do you sass your mom? It was in vacation Bible school. Do you sass your mama? Well, my brother does, no. <laughs> do you fight with your brother? Eh, yeah, yeah. Are you nice to your sister? No. Do you need a savior? Yes. And by the time he gave the altar call, the word of God took root in my life and I ran down that altar, uh, around down that aisle and knelt at the altar to give my life to Jesus with my brother Pinky, all right? And what I'm trying to say is this, this word of God is true. So Jesus uh, uh, said this in uh, John 8:31 through 32. He said this, He said, if you will hold, or if you hold or grab onto it and don't let it go to my teaching, then you are really my disciples. Then you will know. If you grab onto it, don't let it go, then you will know. You'll know what? Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Here's the problem with many people. I've seen people get freed from drugs and alcohol in a moment and, and it's happened and let me tell you why it doesn't happen because you love your drugs and your alcohol more than this just turn to somebody and say ouch you know, you know, why, you know why your marriage doesn't work because you love yourself more than you love this okay Doug you're, you're meddling now you've gone too far now listen in this word you will find freedom You'll find freedom from all of your addictions, everything that's holding you back, and it will turn you uh, and, uh, from, from those things and set you free from your pain. In this word, you'll find power, you'll find answers, you'll find hope, and in the midst of all the chaos which we have today, there's peace in this word because it leads, leads to the living God. Okay, I made it in 25 minutes. Let's stand up. And as we stand, let me just say, I have a prayer for us to pray this morning. I'm gonna read it first, and if you believe it, uh, then then you can pray it with me a second time, but I'm gonna read it through, and then if you believe this, pray it with me the second time. It says, dear God, from this day forward, I will accept the Bible as your flawless word to me, and I will make it the final authority for my life, even when I don't understand it when it's not popular, easy or even when I don't like it. You are God and I am not. Thank you for loving me enough to speak to me through your word. I want to love your word, learn your word, and live your word. If you believe that, pray this with me now. Dear God, from this day forward, I will accept the Bible as your flawless word to me and I will make it the final authority for my life, even when I don't understand it, when it's not popular, easy, or when I don't like it. You are God and I am not. Thank you for loving me enough to speak to me through your word. I want to love your word, learn your word, and live your word, amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just want to take a moment to say this. This is a moment where you've heard the word, and God's saying, now I want you to act on it. The Holy Spirit's moving on your heart to help you make a decision on what you've heard today. And I want you to know I've done everything I can to appeal to your mind, to to help you make sense of what God's word is telling you. But I want you to know the Holy Spirit is the one who does the word. He's here to tell you it's time to believe in your heart, then you confess it with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in just a minute. My prayer for you is that today you would bring, I I asked the Lord yesterday, Lois and I did, Lord, mess with people's hearts. Mess with their hearts. Don't let them leave here the same. But I also want to talk to those uh, who, uh, who are backslidden, those who who have uh, come into this place and you are immediate. You say, I'm a Christian, but you're a mediocre Christian. In fact, the way you talk and the actions you take, most people wouldn't know you're a Christian. I'm telling you today, it's time to come back to Jesus and put him in first place in your life again. So if you're here giving your life to Jesus for the first time or if you're coming to Jesus for the 10th time, I'm telling you, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand right now. If that's you, raise your hand and say, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone just raise them high. See one, two, raise them high so I can see him. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Anyone else? It's a good day. Five, 11, I see that. Thank you. All right. Now listen, we had five in the first service. That means 15, 16 people today. This is God. God is moving in the midst of his church. Okay, what we do here, you want you need to know this. You're not alone. When we pray this prayer today, you're praying it with us. We're praying it with you. You're coming into the family of God. Not only is Jesus your Savior, but today you're coming into his family. So we pray this together. So everybody say this with me. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your Son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, all my mistakes, and all my failures. Come into my life and be my Savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my King. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Okay, come on. Now. His Word is alive and active. And I believe today, addictions need to be taken off people's lives. I believe alcohol needs to leave. Pornography needs to come off. Marriages need to be healed. So prayer, prayer people, come on up. We're going to worship just for a moment. If you need prayer, do not leave here. It's by faith. you got to step out. Don't care what anybody else thinks, only what God thinks. Let's worship. Let's get some help this morning. about you, but I love my God. I love my Jesus. I'm so grateful that Father God loved us enough to send his son to die in our place. I'm so grateful. Not only did he come to forgive our sins, but to heal us from the inside out of everything that we're going through. Let me just say today, there's some next steps. When you fall in love with somebody, there's always next steps. There's the next date, there's the next card, there's the next gift. But today, if you got saved, you need to get baptized. Baptized in water. We already have 11 out there, we'll just take more. And if you didn't bring any clothes, I think they actually have towels and some shorts and T-shirts to put on you, all right? So just get in line and we'll get through that and God will help you. And then, get involved in Fresh Start to help you grow and know what it means to be a Christian. And then next week, we're going to ask this question. How do I know God's voice for my life? How many of you would like to know God still speaks today? All right. All right. It's a good one. All right. Father, we just pray now you'll take, bless this day, bless the food, bless the fellowship, bless those who are getting baptized. Lord, we thank you that you're at work by the power of your Holy Spirit and that miracles are continuing to happen in Jesus' name mighty name and everybody said amen Amen. Amen. grab a chair go outside get some food in a minute we'll do some baptisms all right god bless